0: hey everybody welcome to episode 54 of junior golf keys i'm your host matt and i just want to thank you for tuning in this week i really appreciate it Um, week after week you guys continue to tune in and uh, it's really starting to show the podcast is really starting to grow and um we're definitely reaching a lot of people um i think we've reached every every state in the continental us and uh you know we're out there in about 44 different countries as well so uh, thank you guys so much for sharing everything i appreciate your comments and your engagement you can email me at juniorgolfkeys at gmail.com always welcome feedback on the episodes and what we can do to continue to improve the show and give you guys the value that you need to continue uh, the path down your junior golf journeys, whether you're a parent or a player. Um, always encourage you to engage with us on social media. Uh, like I said, you can send me an email as well. And um, I would also encourage if you haven't had a chance yet to leave a review, um, I would really appreciate it. It would mean a lot to me if you guys did that. Um, if you can go over to your podcast platform, leave a review on the you know star scoring system there, or you can also um, you know, leave a comment as well. I'd, I'd love it if you left comments. The more the better. It just helps me understand more about what's important to you guys and what I can do to continue to tweak things so that we're hitting on all the hot spots um, that you guys need um, and are searching for in your junior golf journey. So, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Our guest this week, Jack Townsend, is a 2021 grad. He's committed to play golf at San Diego State University. He's a hometown boy in San Diego. I actually met Jack uh, probably about three years ago when I was out for the Junior Worlds out there at Torrey Pines. Um, had a good conversation with him, got to meet his family. Uh, we've stayed in touch over the past few years and um, excited to have Jack on to just tell a little bit about his story and what his journey has been like uh, growing up playing golf in Southern California. Uh, Last year, 2019, Jack won the San Diego Junior Golf Association Phil Mickelson Junior Players. He won the 2019 Sean O'Hare Heritage. He finished T19 in the Aaron Baddeley International Junior and qualified for the 2019 USAM 4-ball at Bandon Dunes. Um, Also had some nice finishes in some local events there in San Diego. Uh, that Jack's actually going to talk a little bit about on the podcast, so I'll save it for that. Um, But in this show, we're just going to talk a little bit about Jack's practice and playing routines. Um, You know, a lot of these conversations that I have with young players that are having some success and, you know, they've locked in a good opportunity for their next step uh, at the collegiate level. Um, You know, they're similar topics, similar conversations, but uh, I really like having these conversations with these young players because I think there's Uh, Some little differences here and there that, you know, how they went about things or how they approach the game and, you know, how they practice and how they play and what their routines are um, that I think that, you know, those of you, those young players that are listening uh, to this show that are, you know, looking to take the advice of some people that have been there and done that and have created some nice opportunities for themselves. um, I think the more conversations that we have with young players that are having success like Jack. Uh, The more examples and different examples we can show people, you know, that can be done multiple different ways. So um, in this interview, we're going to dive into his practice and playing habits. We're going to talk about uh, his technical game, his mental game. Uh, Jack works with his father, who's a a golf instructor. So uh, we talk a little bit about that dynamic. We're going to talk about the recruiting process and his decision. We're going to talk about tournament selection and uh, Jack's approach with that. I think it was a really interesting conversation around this, in my opinion. Um, there's no denying the fact that to play in some of these high-level, high-ranking junior golf tournaments, uh, they can really start adding up and be costly adventures um, for some of the families that are out there. So um, Jack talks a little bit about that. Jack hasn't played in a, a huge number of AJGA events. He hasn't played in a huge number of you know high-ranking, quote-unquote, Uh, junior golf tournaments, but he's played in a lot of competitive events. Um, He's definitely got a lot of competitive rounds under his belt and he's had some really good success. So he's going to kind of talk about how he's done it and why and um, how it's worked for him. And I think that that's going to be a topic that a lot of you families that are listening that are out there that are always kind of wondering, you know, what is the most cost-effective way to go about, you know, getting my kid noticed and how do they play in the right things and, you know, those types of Conversations. Um, I think Jack's gonna help us kind of peel back that layer a little bit and get some insight on how he's done it and what's worked for him. So we're gonna talk a little bit more about you know the roles that his parents have played in molding him and his journey. Uh, we're gonna talk about some role models and uh, you know just overall I'm gonna talk about Jack's journey. So I think you guys are gonna take some value away from this episode. And like I said earlier, I really appreciate you tuning into it. I do want to get into that conversation, but before we get there, I've got to tell you about my partner, Golf Kicks. Golf Kicks has changed the game when it comes to golf shoes. They've created an aftermarket spike that you can put into virtually any tennis shoe that has a decent rubber sole on it. They've won innovation awards with Golf Digest, My Golf Spy, and they even did a deal with Mark Cuban on Shark Tank. Uh, So These guys are the real deal. I use them I love them. Um, it gives me the comfort of a regular tennis shoe, but it gives me the functionality with their spikes um, as any other golf shoe would do. And uh, I just love that about them because it gives you know, all you sneaker heads out there an opportunity to bring your flavor uh, to the golf course with some functionality with those Golf kick spikes. So uh, Golf Kicks has been kind enough to extend a 20% discount to the listeners of junior golf keys so if you go over to golfkicks.com and you use the code jgk20 like junior golf keys jgk20 you can save 20 percent on your order today so i would encourage you to go over there check out golf kicks and uh, post your pictures tag golf kicks tag junior golf keys uh, would love to see what you guys are doing with uh, those golf kick spikes and some of the sneakers that you've got out there. So, um, really excited about this episode. You guys sit tight. I'll be right back with my guest this week, Jack Townsend. All right, everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of Junior Golf Keys. Uh, I've got Jack Townsend with me this week, who is a 2021 grad. Uh, is headed to play golf at San Diego State University, and I've got Jack on the phone. I know he's out at the course right now practicing a little bit, but well, what's happening, Jack?
1: Uh, what's going on, Matt? How's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man,
0: absolutely. Um, I know I've had a couple of the guys that you know on the show, and um, you know, you've been able to listen to a couple episodes, so kind of to kick us off, what I always do is just try to get a give the audience an idea of how the guests got introduced to the game and kind of what their path in the game has been so far. So can you kind of just talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, for
1: sure. So I've probably when I was little, I used to play three sports at the same time. It was golf, soccer, and baseball. And I was basically saying to myself, like, yeah, I like all three sports I'm playing right now. So, but there was just one, one important sport I had to uh, stick on. So it was golf because golf you can obviously play you can obviously play until you're like how how old, how old have you want basically like baseball like like you can't go like for that long and then yeah, soccer the same thing so yeah. yeah basically golf with me I just I just wanted to stick to golf basically yeah just, and then San Diego State's been following me since basically eighth grade because they've now they've now I've They've seen a lot of term, good tournaments out of me recently. Obviously yeah. not right now because of COVID, because everything's been canceled. So, and yeah, and then that's how, that's how the head coach Ryan Donovan and the assistant Evan Hemrick have been just, they've been hitting me up every day, having chats with me, and just wanted wanted to, wanted me for a spot on the team. And yeah, I got I got a full ride scholarship, so. Yeah, and that's and that's how uh, that's how my way got through. Nice.
0: Um, yeah. Hometown boy in San Diego. Right. One of yeah. the yeah. more I mean, beautiful places I've been for golf for sure. Yeah, dude, it's awesome down here. Yeah, you got Torrey uh, Pines,
1: you got Torrey Pines, the Farmer's Insurance Open every year. Yep. You, the 2021 next year, U.S. Open. So. Oh, yeah. Big deal. Oh,
0: yeah. Actually, you know what? It's funny. Well, I met you, probably you the met, first time yeah. I met you was at Tory for it was at Torrey, Junior yeah. Worlds. Uh-huh. And um, it's funny, you mentioned the U.S. Open. I remember that was like three or four years ago. And y'all were already selling head covers out there for the U.S. Open. So I've actually got one. Uh, I think it's on my hybrid right now um, oh, nice. that I picked up like three years ago when I was out there. I think it was the year that I met you for the first time. So, um, well, that's cool. I mean, I want to kind of dive into you know, a little bit deeper into your journey. Um, I know you said you started off multi-sport athlete. Um, I did, yeah. Yeah, and, I, you know, I, th- I, think, I think we're tending to see more of that, you know, with golfers that are successful is, um, you know, there's a lot of athletes that are then turning their focus onto golf, which I think is a great thing. Um, I think it's really brought another level of athleticism to the game, and um, I just – I think it's brought a lot more excitement for fans and – players and obviously there's just a ton more uh, competition out there. I mean, we're seeing guys that are coming out of college that are competing right away and winning on tour, winning majors on tour. Right. Um, and so I think it's really exciting. So um, can you just kind of talk to us a little bit about um, your playing and practice routines? I know you're out at the course right now. You're talking to me a little bit earlier and we were chatting or texting about, you know, working on some putting stuff today, but um, kind of walk us through, what your typical week looks like, um, you know, in terms of like practice and play flow.
1: So, uh, is this like, you want this from like morning to day or, uh...
0: yeah, I mean, just like, you know, um, I'm kind of curious. So the reason I asked the question is because I, I get a lot of questions about, um, you know, where's the best place to spend my time and how much time should I be working on my short game and how much should I be out there actually playing, working on scoring. And so, You know, one of the things that I like to talk about with people and young players like yourself that have had success is I just want to understand what that looks like for you because I think it's a little bit different for everybody. So I'm just trying to put as many different ways of doing it out there um, just so that the audience can really understand that there's a lot of different ways to get it done, uh, but can maybe help them, you know, tailor their focus a
1: little bit. Right. So basically, yeah, like my daily routine every day, usually I come Mm -hmm. to the course around like probably one maybe a little before and I kind of practice usually like uh I usually practice like six to ten footers because I'm not really that good of a putting range from there uh I usually practice that from like one to two usually and then I'll go hit balls for like five to ten minutes and then uh yeah I'll I'll usually go play around like 230 and go play 18 with like some of the teammates and, like, some of, like, my friends who are my members out here and whoever, like, wants to play with me out here usually. Yeah. Are you, like,
0: you know, obviously, you know, the game ebbs and flows, right? And you're going to have good ball striking days, bad ball striking days, and the short game's going to be good and the putter is going to be hot or not. Right. Um, so with that being said, it sounds like kind of what you're describing a little bit is, like, you know, warm-up routine, getting to the course, working through some of those things before you go out and play? Are there days that you ever go out and you're just not really worried about focusing on scoring and you're just going to pour it all into practicing, whether that's ball striking, hitting balls on the driving range or, you know, short game and kind of recreating some different challenges and stuff like that? What's that look like for you?
1: Yeah, I'm basically not worried about, like, what I shoot or – well, I can get a little tense on myself uh, when I make a big number on a hole. But uh, I usually yeah. I I usually can just blow that off. But um yeah, I mean uh as my game right now, I mean, I think I'm playing pretty good. Uh just I just I've not taken the time usually really to like practice my game because I know how confident I am with my game. I know like how good I'm playing right now.
0: What what parts of your game I guess do you see slip a little bit more than others and what kind of keeps you in it if you're not having the best, you know, day in terms of ball striking?
1: Like, uh, the putter, the putter for me can be not as great sometimes. Like, I, yeah. I, I usually have, on a bad round, I probably usually have, like, 35 to, like, 40-something putts. And then, and then on a good day, I'll probably have, like, I'll, when I used to start making everything, yeah, I'll, I'll probably say I usually have like 24 to 27 putts which is average good for me yeah
0: um when you're out there practicing are you working are you kind of doubling up on you know the things that you're working on is it technical is it mental um talk to us a little bit about how you split your
1: time it's it's all mental basically for me okay why is that just just for me my like when my head tells me usually i my head usually tells me that i i need to go work on putting basically or i need to go hit some balls because uh my iron game wasn't good today or that just like my head tells me like as as an example like what i need to go work on to go get it better for the future okay. and so
0: you're all always kind of you know, taking mental note or assessing, you know, the areas that need more focus than others. And it sounds like you kind of shift up your, you know, focus for your different practice sessions based off of that. Okay. Yeah. Um, Are you tracking anything? Like do you writing this stuff down or are there any tips that you can give, you know, some of the other players out there that I don't know, maybe like, that's a tough thing to do, honestly. And if you're good at it, that's awesome. But like, that's a really hard thing to do. I can't do that personally um, like I've got to kind of, you know, make some notes or I use an app where I track stats. And so I can kind of really get a good snapshot of kind of how my game has flowed in different areas. Um, you know, how, or what types of advice would you give to, you know, other young players out there that, I don't know, maybe can't just like off the top of their head, just remember like that they need to focus on something specific, but they actually need some tangible like evidence to look at.
1: So when I, when I can go probably, uh, play a practice round for a tournament mm-hmm. or something, uh, I I do bring a notebook out with me, uh, saying like where I need like if it's a course like I've never played before, I use I can probably just write what I need, when I need to like hit off the tee or yep. where I need to hit it. Probably people don't know like, probably people don't really carry notebooks out there because they're probably not going to play well and. They're not gonna. They're probably not gonna take a tour guide right at the <laughs> <True> golf course. <laughs> uh,
0: so I mean, is that something you do to prep for for, for every tournament? Um, is
1: yeah, occasionally, and then and then I use this. I use this uh, card t- called Decade. Yeah, I don't know if sure. you have ever heard of that before. Tell us
0: what that is, but, so that um, the audience
1: kind of has a better idea. So, uh, my dad and uh, that guy who owned Decade who owns Decade, uh, have a good relationship, because the guy from the Decade uh, did, like, a little, like, speech at the Grand Golf Club, and I went to that, and he told us, basically, like, what it is all about. So, the Decade card is, it's a really important card for uh, just where to, like, hit. It's basically about, like, where you're supposed to hit it on the green, like, what yardages can you go for the pin and what yardages that you can't or, like, you have to be safe on? So, from, so from probably about, like, 100. So, let's just say the, the decade cards from 70 to, like, 250 or 60. I usually, I usually play it, like, if I, if I had a yardage that was about 80 yards and let's say the target number was mm-hmm. 5. Like the target number five means that you can, you can go for the pin because the pin's in a safe spot. Like if it, like if it was a high number, like uh, like eleven or a twelve, and that means it's a high yardage, which is like two ten or like two twenty. That that means like you have to be safe with that shot and basically hit the green. So you can have, so you can have, so you can have like a, a good, like a good look at like, yeah. Gotcha.
0: So yeah, I'm looking at, I I actually just pulled something up while you're talking through that. I think that's a pretty good explanation, but uh, I was going to read like, so decade actually stands for something. I didn't even realize that, but it stands for distance, expectation, correct target, analyze, discipline, and execute. So it sounds like it's really a method that helps you kind of establish what you should be aiming at um, based on pin locations and those types of things and distances. Is that correct? Okay. Yeah. Um, so really, essentially, it's a tool for course management. Uh, yeah. Is that the only thing that you use for course management?
1: That and just, uh, yeah, that's basically pretty much it. Like, yeah, at US Junior Am, where I played at, at Iverness which yeah. was a year ago, yeah, I, I, I used that. Every shot on It's really on every your approach goal. shots, though, right?
0: It's is it's, it? okay, it's on okay. every
1: shot. Yeah. It's, except when you're not driving the ball. I mean, driver, you can just yeah. get it right down the middle. But if it goes right. left or right, so what?
0: Um, I know you kind of went through your recruiting process a little bit, but um, obviously your hometown guy in San Diego, San Diego State, um, sounds like it's going to be a really good fit for you. Um, but It is, yeah. Were there any other? You don't have to mention the school specifically, but were there any other schools that you were kind of given some attention to, or that you know you were getting attention from? And kind of, you know, what did you have to do on your end? I know that you said that San Diego State was reaching out to you uh, a lot, but um, talk to the to the audience. There's a lot of people listening to this that just need to understand better the recruiting process. And I think it varies so much for every player, depending on your skill level and what your wants and needs are and those types of things. But, um, give us some of the specifics around your recruiting
1: process. So I'm, so when I invest, when I met, sorry, when I'm obviously like playing golf and I show up home, I get like a, I got like a, basically males, like questionnaires from like different colleges, like, like Oregon state. Like I wasn't like Oregon state, Michigan, uh, like Texas A&M, university of Texas. Like I wasn't really, like, I didn't really know the coaches and like, I didn't, like I didn't have phone mm-hmm. numbers and like, I didn't know like what to say to like, I got not yeah. talk to them basically. But like, but, um, my other offers basically were like Pepperdine, UCLA, uh, Oregon. No, and that was okay. pretty much it, but I probably have more, but I, I mean, it's probably like, yeah. to say. Are but they,
0: are, I mean, what was your, what was your main driver in your decision? Was it you wanted to stay home or was it, um, you know, just a matter of like just yeah. the overall fit?
1: Yeah, it was basically just like pretty much stay at home because you know, just, I've obviously lived yep. here since I was born. And yeah, I just I, I just noticed like how beautiful it is down here, and then like how like like the course like the courses like they're nice down here, and, and then like like and then yeah, they gave me like they just yeah they gave me obviously they were they were the first ones to obviously offer me a full ride like yeah. which is a scholarship, but but U C like U C L A I mean I like like yeah I liked it there, but it's just like I I just heard like. Like I just heard bad comments about like the coaches, and just saying how, like, like the guys aren't really nice. And then Pepperdine, Pepperdine was awesome. I thought it was great. Uh, it's just too, it's too hard of a school. I mean, I'm smart, but it's too hard of a school. Academically, and the courses, academically yes. And then the courses are like a 45 minute, and like driving to the golf course, it's like a 45 okay. minute drive. What's what's uh what's San Diego State's home course? Uh, they play out of at San Diego Country Club, Verona. Okay. and Steel Canyon. Some nice uh, setups there. Yeah. <clears throat> Good
0: deal. Is. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think everybody's approach to college is different, and um, you know, it's just it's helpful to hear from from people kind of what was going through their head when they're making their decision. And it sounds like, you know, relationships were important to you. It sounds like, um, you know, proximity to home and um, geographic location were important to you. Um, obviously they've got a good program, and then, um, but go yeah. ahead. What were you going
1: to say? And yeah. I've known, I've known the, I've known the coaches at state for like, they basically known me since like, I was like a kid basically already playing golf and they, and they knew how, like how good of a kid i'm gonna be, and they're gonna they're gonna know like they're yeah, going to yeah, for me. sure um yeah you guys will have a
0: you guys will have a nice nice group of guys when you uh show up next fall
1: yeah, he's looking pretty yeah. good right now i got another I got another long time friend I've known, and he's also been a member out at San Diego for a while his name's jackson moss he's got he's a nice kid really good really nice. good talent player, knows yeah. what he's doing. Yeah, all the other kids and yeah, all the other kids were waiting to get recruiting. Or Yeah. yeah pretty um,
0: good. Let's shift gears, talk a little bit about your tournaments, just tournament selection process. Obviously, this has been a funky year, but um, you had a good good year yeah. last year. You won – I think it was last year that you won the SDJGA uh, Phil Mickelson Junior Players. Was that last year? And it was.
1: And Sean yeah, O'Hare was. as well. Yeah, and then I also – uh-huh. And I also won uh it's not really like it's like a it's like an amateur event, but it was called the Coraz okay. City Amateur.
0: And uh yeah. qualified for the USAM four ball.
1: I did. And also played at US junior and yeah, yeah. Didn't match play, but yeah. First um
0: game. so you've had some good success in tournaments. I'm yeah. really curious to talk to you about your tournament selection. I think it's really interesting because You've obviously had success. You're going to a great school that has a great program. You haven't played a lot of, I don't know, call them what people would typically think of as like the, the ranked tournament circuit. I mean, you played a few AJGAs, not many, handful there. Um, but I'm right. just curious about that for you because that's, it's really interesting to me. And I think sometimes a lot of families struggle with, Like, what does my kid need to play in? How do they get noticed? Like, we've got to pay the most expensive, highest entry fees at what is, you know, touted to be the, you know, highly visible tournaments. Um, But I think you've taken a little bit of a different approach, so I'm curious for you to talk about that.
1: So, I mean, I would, like, what you're saying about AJGAs, like, I think AJGAs are really great tournaments, and they're, like, yeah, and I see, like, yeah, basically all my yep. friends playing in those. But the reason why I don't really play in them is because one, like my parents are always yep. busy working, and they don't have they don't have time like to travel. Because yeah, because my dad's because my dad is a teaching pro. Well, yeah. he's actually my coach. Yeah, he's he co. Yeah, he mm. works every single day, day morning through night, and. Yeah, my mom, we own a we own a uh we own a uh a San Diego chicken pie shop restaurant, which is basically my mom uh running the whole place. Yeah, she basically works from yeah. morning to night. I remember the chicken yeah, pies, just, don't you worry. They,
0: 2019 Small <laughs> Business of the Year, I read also. Yeah. Um yeah, that's pretty yes, cool. Um but yeah, keep
1: and, then, and then, yeah, my dad was my dad was saying me uh yeah, like, I told – yeah, I would let you play in AJGAs, but we would just have to travel too much, and, yeah, I'd be losing a lot of money, and, yeah, and they're very they are, expensive. For sure.
0: I think that's a very yeah. real – I think it's a very real scenario for a lot of young players out there, and, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, they're just expensive tournaments to play in and travel. I mean, it's not just paying an entry fee. It's planes, hotels, like, all that stuff. So, like, that's a real
1: challenge. But yeah, it's it's like – yeah, it's like two plank tickets, like four nights at a three or four nights at a hotel. And then yeah, the tournament, which is like a three day tournament. That's almost like thirteen that's like thirteen thirteen hundred between yeah. fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's a lot of money to fork up to go play in a in a golf tournament. Um so you obviously like so you didn't do it that way. So talk to this audience about how you're able to develop your game and have strong competition, which you're in California. So there's, you know, strong competition and players in California, but help this audience or maybe some of those families that are out there that have some challenges with, or just view it similarly to your dad is like, Hey, like you can play in these, but you know, it's going to cost us a ton of money. You know, it's going to be limited because of that. And so just tell us how you were able to still give yourself really stiff competition and develop your game and create an opportunity for yourself um, without going that route.
1: Um, I'll try my hardest, but yeah, um, I just, just said to myself that I like can't play in HAGAs because they're, they're, there's only there's only like one HAGA in California, and yeah, it's actually here. It's it's one at the farms in Rancho Santa Fe, California. But yeah, I didn't, I never, I never knew about it. So, but yeah, since that, and then since I'm a senior now, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna okay. play in it this year, but but yeah, since what you were saying earlier about yeah, like competition wise is, I mean, I think, yeah, I think California has a lot of good competitions. There's like there's just like kids my age. There's like adults like adults playing, and then like like in like in pro events, like. It's like both tours, yeah, I mean to, to me it's just like my dad basically, I also play in like Toyota Tour Cups, which is pretty good amount of yeah decent players, but and then yeah, just did you play many
0: just, uh future change events out there
1: I did when I was like probably about okay. eight or so, yeah. Actually, I actually got a few golf lessons from Chris Smeal when I was oh, nice. when I was yeah, young. We've
0: had him on the podcast um, yeah.
1: yeah, good conversation with him for sure he's definitely
0: i think he's built something you know really solid out there just from a teaching perspective and you know just tournament wise
1: yeah of course yeah he's yeah he's done his hardest uh, yeah make yeah get some get some kids out there to play in some good competitions yeah. for sure
0: um, talk to us about role models. Any role models that or um, just people you look look up to in the game of golf, outside of the game of golf, um, that have helped positively influence you in your journey so far?
1: So I usually read a book about, yeah, just Jack Nicholas and then like Otto Palmer and like what they always say about how they, they usually say like positive, they usually go through positive sets before they like tee off or they say something in randomly in the middle of their rounds. So, and then where I use, and then where I go hit balls is is that stadium golf center. Yeah. They have like, they have like tons of those like caption, like good, good common captions about what they say to themselves on the golf, like on the golf course. Yeah. It's like, it's like Jack Nicholas, Donald Palmer, Lee Trevino. And yeah. And then I've read, I've read some of those hearts about what they say and about what they talk about their self when they're on the golf course saying, yeah, they're going to, they're going to do this and yeah, they're going to, yeah, they're going to make this putt. And then, yeah. Then I've, I've said it to myself in, in my head before and it's yep. worked. Uh, why do you think that is? It's, it's like, it's saying it's basically pressuring, pressuring your head just just so you can, so you can play better and think about, like, think about just basically saying calming, positive, nice saying about like what you're gonna do in golf. Like saying like, saying like, yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot 62, and I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna win this golf tournament because I know like how positive I can be. Uh, yeah i can be like being positive just yeah i want to go
0: into that a little bit more i think it's a super big topic um i mean you're referring to i guess the technical term would be positive self-talk and um yes yeah. you know self-talk is a method that you know golf coaches and mental coaches use or try to help educate players on
1: um yeah like my my dad basically, yeah, he, he's been yeah, he's been my he's been basically helping my game since since I was born, basically. Yeah, he's he's he also gives me some some like some advice about yeah, like what those what those future pros said about themselves.
0: What was his some of his advice? Do you remember anything specifically?
1: I mean it was yeah. a while back. I mean I probably could I probably can remember either I yeah. can or can't. Well, so let's
0: talk about because I think this mental thing, obviously your dad's influenced you in a positive way. Um, you know, from this perspective, it's a tough dynamic though, to have, you know, a dad as a coach, like it, it can work or it can blow up. And I think there's some really good examples of it out there. I mean, I think JT's a good example of it. Um, I know, you know, Max Moldovan, um, you know, his dad's a, uh-huh. Teaching pro as well, they've had some really good success. Um, Max has had some good success. He just started at Ohio State this fall, and uh, yeah,
1: I've I've seen I've seen Max score. Yeah, yeah. Good. So
0: I mean, it can be. I think the parent dynamic in golf, in general, can be a tricky one to navigate on both sides, whether you're the parent or the child. Um, but I think you know there's another mm-hmm. level of. Um, I don't know, complication, if that's the word, when now your, your parent is a a professional golf instructor, and then that's an additional dynamic to the relationship. So it sounds like you guys have had a great relationship that has worked and obviously you've, um, you know, proven that in your game, but can you talk to us a little bit more about the dynamic between you and your dad?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, when he's up, when he's yeah, he he usually come like the half of my tournaments and just watch me like warm up, and he'll like say something. Uh, yeah, he he'll basically do like what all the tour players like do with like if their dads like Justin Thomas's dad's always watching him hit balls before he warms up. Like yeah, like that's my dad basically like like every turn like it's either yeah he, he does it uh if he doesn't have work or anything but yeah he he'd always uh come with me to the reins and like, he'll watch me hit balls and yeah, he'll watch like, watch, like watch like what I'm doing wrong. And then, yeah, he'll tell me, yeah, yeah, just like fix it. Like just fix the thing. (laughs) And then, yeah. And I just, yeah, it's just, it's just basically like tells me like what I'm like doing wrong. And then, yeah. And then yeah, he'll just, he'll just tell me fix it. And then I'll listen to, listen to him and what he says. And then, yeah, I just, do it and I do it. Have you
0: always listened? Or like, has there ever been this, like, I mean, because I had this dynamic with my dad when I was younger, where my dad and I have a great relationship. My dad was a really good golfer, um, still is a good golfer. And, you know, we had some struggles when I was younger, and I didn't, it was mostly on my end. Um, You know, I didn't really want to take advice from my dad, I guess, is, you know, unfortunately, um, part of the equation. Like, have you ever felt that way? Or? Is it always just been like, hey, dad knows what's best for me? He's you know a golf professional and I'm just gonna listen to him and soak up whatever he says. Um or has there been any friction there?
1: It's a bit of a both. Okay. So um yeah, he'll uh God, it's a lot of a lot of talking to say. Um <laughs> yeah, I mean basically he'll just yeah, he wants the best for me because yeah, I know I'm, I know I'm confident with him. Like, I say, like, a lot of, just, I say, like, to a lot of people, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, like, if, like, they're always telling me, like, hey, yeah, who's, who do you think is the best golf teacher in San Diego? And then I'd probably think my dad, because he, like, I've seen kids who have, like, their swings have been, like, not been in good shape recently. And I'd say to myself, hey, like, here's my dad's number. Like, why don't you text him for a lesson? Like, yeah, like, and then, like a, like, a week or two, like, I see them, and, yeah, like, they're all, like, I see them, like, they're hitting the ball better, I'm like, and then they're all, you know, telling them, like, dude, your dad's the best, like, dude, your dad knows what he's talking about, and I go,
0: yeah. <laughs> So, it gives you confidence, I guess, too, that, uh, or I guess reassures that, you know, hey, my dad does know what he's talking about, and he does know what he's doing.
1: Yeah, my dad basically, like, for hours, he, because he's an A-point, he's an A-point instructor as well. Okay. And. Yeah. And I've been doing aim point for about probably six or seven years now. And it's helped, it's helped. It's helped. It's really helpful with putting.
0: Yeah. I've not really dove, dove into it very much, but I did have a pretty good conversation about it with um, Dino Sean Lany that's out there. I mean, I think he's normally up in Pacific Northwest, but I think he makes it down to Southern California some, Uh, but he's certified aim point instructor and uh, does a lot of work with the golf channel, but yeah, really interesting concept. I know it's changed and evolved a little bit over the years, and it seems like it's become a little bit more simpler to use. Um, but I've I've heard some
1: good feedback. What do you like about it? Uh, I like it how um, how like basically like you don't have to like basically hit hit the putt like saying like yeah I'm I'm gonna aim this like left edge and then it over breaks or either I'm gonna aim let's say just at the hole and then it. And then it, like, it's, it's like not, it's like not, I don't really like that part. So for any point, what I like about it is, um, it, it uses your fingers a lot saying like the edge, like say if I was gonna use, uh, saying if I was gonna use like my pointer finger and then like my middle finger, like saying if it was like, like if it breaks two feet to the left, I'm gonna put my pointer finger at the edge of the Mm hole, and and yeah, my then my other finger right next to it, and like this is another key thing for putting too. You need to know uh, to use arm bend or straight arms because you never know if you're putting on fast or slow greens. Mm. For fast greens, always bend your arms because it. Because, I mean, for putting-wise, like, that's why I'm... Like, putting, I was, like... Basically, when I was a young kid, I was never a good putter. Because I would usually just, like... I would just, like, not not work it out, basically. I would just step up and hit yeah. it. Like, that was just not... That was just, like, for me to say myself, I was just like, that's just not... That's just, like, unacceptable. <laughs> for, and, and then, for... And then, yeah, it's like for tournaments now, like, yeah, I've won a certain amount of tournaments because aim points, like aim points helped me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a, definitely and a lot like, of people I, that trust it and use it at a lot of different levels. Um, so there's definitely something to be said for that. Yeah, totally. Um, I know you're out practicing. and I want to be conscious of your time. Um, no, dude, dude, I got nothing going on. All right. I
1: mean, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, Anything else advice wise um, I think specifically for me I'm curious uh, what your advice to just other players and parents that are out there um, what kinds of advice do you have for them just about their relationship as a um, as a player and as a parent? is there anything that you would say specifically to parents or anything you would say specifically to players about you know maybe good ways to approach um, the relationship that they have with each other as it relates
1: to their golf journey? I'm glad you said this. So mm-hmm. when I say, when I play tournaments with kids who I know or either I don't know, and then their parents are watching them or either they're not. So tournaments, I like one, like one tournament, I had a tournament up in Marietta called it was a, toy, it was a Toyota tour Cup. It was at Bear mm-hmm. Creek. So my dad, so my dad, and then, yeah, this other kid who I hang out with, yeah, his dad was with him too, and yeah, my dad and him, uh, like were talking a bit because they actually know, because they obviously have known the kid, and yeah, my dad knows his dad, yeah. and then, yeah, it was it was like it was it was just nine holes. Yeah, it was a great conversation of nine holes between yeah, like my dad and him because I was watching it basically.
0: So what makes um, what makes the dynamic between the parent and the player? the most successful in your experience that you've seen either out there with other friends or just for you personally?
1: Like for me, I just play and just be myself. But when I like play with, when I play with kids uh, and their parents, and like their parents are around, they're either like, they're really nice to each other or the, or like the dad or mom is just like, like, like ripping, ripping the kids. But because like, he hit a bad shot or he hit a bad butt. Mm. And I'm just, I'm just looking at the parents. I'm like, I'm like, is that how you really treat your kids? Yeah. yeah.
0: Have you seen any, like, yeah, what are the best examples you've seen of um, just parent-child dynamics out there on the course? Do you have I anybody mean, that comes to mind?
1: Like, two of the parents, yes, because I've I've played it the kid, I played it both of their I played it yeah both of their kids and I really like both of those kids but the dads are just they the dads are just crazy like what they say like it's just about like, like like he needs to fix his call swing and yeah like his putting's not good and yeah like he's like his chipping sucks and I'm just I'm just like yeah oh, oh yeah
0: do you ever talk to the players about
1: that just kind of off on the side like yeah I'm just, I'm just talking to the kids I'm like I'm like, just like, your dad, your dads are just, to me, like, they're kind of crazy on you, like, and they're getting hard yeah. on you, like, because what, it, like, because what I'm seeing, and I know the kids are, like, not playing good golf, that's because the dad's on it, yeah. like, the dads are, like, like, the parents are, specific, like, specifically ripping the kids, because they're not playing good golf, or they're not, they're not trying, you know, I'm just, I'm just like, like. Why are you, like why are you doing this to the kid? Yeah. Like you know the kid, like you know the kid is not going to play good golf because you're on him too hard, and that's how he loses focus, and that's how he loses his mental. Yeah, for sure. So, what are some things that parents can do to be
0: positive uh, affirmations for their kid out there on the course?
1: Like just like just if it's a good shot, just tell him good shot, and if you tell him it's a good putt, good putt. Like just like just like just don 't don 't think about bad shots just watching the kids like the kid like basically like the kids pay, like the dads are paying for the kids playing in their tournaments like obviously obviously like the kid's trying to like play like play competition golf and he 's trying to be himself, and he wants like he wants the best for himself, and he's probably trying to win a golf tournament yeah, yeah,
0: so is it fair to say that it's a good idea to um positively and re- reinforce good shots and for the next the bad shots just kind of leave it alone because the kid you know internally as a player you're already kind of beating yourself up enough and you know working yourself through the process of getting out of that so you can hit your next shot and there's another p- parent dynamic that gets thrown into it with you know any negativity related it's so, late related to it so is it fair to say that you know praise the good shots the bad shots just ignore them and move on and just be there to yeah. support.
1: Yeah, it's I've I've had I've had multiple com- like conversations with with like the parent like the kids' parents, saying how, uh, like, like are you are you normally like are you normally hard on your kids or you're normally like like nice on the kids like when you like randomly like, like when you watch them, like with my parents like when they watch me play tournaments, my dad's just my dad and mom are just basically really calm when they watch me like they don't care if i hit a bad shot or they don't care if i hit like they don't care whatever like, yeah, whatever. yeah. If they hit, if i hit a good shot they're like yeah good shot jack like good for
0: you yeah yeah i think that that's a good approach for sure um
1: yeah that's all that's all that's all the parents have to do
0: with with the kids yeah just keep that positive reinforcement right not delusion not like telling them there's something they're not but when they do something good no, exactly. praise them for it and if they make mistakes yes.
1: don't tear them down no if it's yeah, dude, mis- I, and i said this to many and i said this to many people i'm like dude, mistake is a mistake like like you're going to have those you're going to have it's like mistake is not going to end there it's going to keep on going yeah um, it's going to it's going to it's going it's going to go on like with everybody right even tour players. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: That's, yeah, some of the conversations that I've had with some of the tour guys or high-level college guys is, it's very similar. You know, everybody's kind of facing some of the same challenges. It's just how do you go about attacking them head on and, you know, not letting them spiral or compound to, you know, impact more than just maybe a shot or two in the moment, um, you know, letting it bleed into the rest of your round. Right. Um, well, I want to move towards wrapping up, but one of the things that I do at the end, uh, which I think you probably know this, but I uh, don't know if it's something you've been thinking about at all. I want you to fire just a couple questions back at me. Um, you know, as the guest, is there anything that you know, we've kind of been talking through today that sparked your curiosity that you'd like to you know, fire at me? Um or just in general, you know, anything golf related or um anything about the podcast
1: or whatever that I can answer for you. So like when you had your conversation with Heath, mm-hmm. um, what was what was what was it golf re- re- related to be honest, like with his journey and all that? What was what? What was like what was like what was like your two like good conversation about I like just about like golf. Yeah, related? what did I talk to Jack about? Let's see, I'm trying to think back.
0: <laughs> the initial thing that I, I mean i know i know i know you, i know you might not know but. no i mean I, I mean I have a lot of similar conversations with you guys around um, you know and when I say you guys i mean you know some of you um you know players that are getting ready to graduate that are going into college or um, you know players that are already in college um, you know I have a lot of similar conversations like like I kind of said to you at the beginning, I I think everybody's kind of flow and routines and those types of things are a little bit different. So um, I think it's kind of good to see the differences in those, um, you know, with some of the other uh, players that have had success out there, but I don't know, Jack and I talked about, you know, similar stuff. We talked about, you know, how he got introduced to the game. Um, We talked about, learning how to go low. I think that that's a good conversation that I had with him. And I think I've had that. I know I've had that conversation with a couple other players.
1: Um, One of the, yeah. Yeah. That's like a good, that's like a good thing. Like be confident about yourself saying, yeah, you're going to shoot low scores. Yeah. Cause that's, that's another, that's another good key in mind.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, And, and, and that it's, it's a learned skill. That was one of the things that we kind of talked about. Like you have to, you have to be not scared to shoot low scores and like people you say that people are like well what the heck does that mean like you know i'm not scared to shoot a low score but the reality of it and you know it because you've shot some low scores when you're out there and you start going low the things that start creeping into your head right like the you know ooh, this could be you know a record round this could you know just little things that like not intentionally they're just things that subconsciously start creeping in that you know if you're going to consistently shoot low after low or you know low round after low round like for jack we talked about um the junior pga last year he won it he shot 65 64 68 62 he finished with um so we talked a little bit about that and i thought it was a fun conversation because it's really tough to go out on the fourth day of a big tournament like that and shoot 62 now, I mean, I know scores for that event specifically were generally lower than they are at different venues. The course was short, but at the same time, you still got to hit the shots and make the putts. And so, um, I don't know. That, that's that's probably my favorite thing that I talked to him about um, was just you know the ability to go low and what that means and how you teach yourself to do it. You just got to keep putting yourself in that position and you know be aggressive and understand how to make birdies, but also you know, sometimes you gotta take conservative lines and swing aggressively, um, you know, to to, to get there. So those are some of the things yeah, I talked to sure. him about. But um anything else that I can answer for you? Uh are you curious about
1: uh I think I think I'm good. Okay.
0: Um uh, well I appreciate you doing this, man. I I think we've definitely you know talked about some things that even just telling telling it a little bit differently. Some of the conversations that I've had with other people, just hearing it a little bit differently from you, uh, from somebody that's been successful and is, you know, got a bright future coming up um, through the rest of this school year. And then obviously into your, you know, freshman year at state. Um, I'm excited for you. I think that, you know, you've got some exciting years coming up here and uh, I appreciate you jumping on here and, you know, sharing some of your experience with this group.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, man.
0: Yeah. That was- Absolutely. Um, Let me know if there's anything I can do to help you out.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll always be keeping in touch. All right, bud. I appreciate it.
0: Well, that wraps up episode 54 of Junior Golf Keys with our guest this week, Jack Townsend, who's committed to play golf at San Diego State University. I really appreciate Jack for his time and uh, sharing his journey with us. I hope that you all were able to take away some value from that. And I appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. Um, If you did take away some value from this episode, please share it. Please leave a review. Also, make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss out on some of the exciting guests that we've got coming up. And I hope you join me next week for another episode of Junior Golf Keys.